Hello and welcome to Built on Air, a podcast and video series about all things Airtable. I'm your host, Zoe Vanderplue, and I'd like to thank our sponsor, OpenSide. Visit OpenSide.com for products and services that will take your Airtable to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR, one word, all caps, for a one-time $20 credit off of any purchase. This episode, we welcome Kay He from Los Angeles, California. Kay is the creator of the blog and newsletter Rad Reads and contributing editor at Quartz. His current ventures in writing are a sharp left turn from his previous career on Wall Street. Tired of staring at spreadsheets all day, Kay decided to quit his job in finance to pursue his entrepreneurial itch. In the ensuing months, he began blogging about the hurdles he was facing, including his own self-doubt. Writing actually helped him find his calling, creating thoughtful content about facing uncertainty and living with intention. We discuss how Kay grows his audience and how apps like Airtable help him manage rad reads. Kay gives us a demo of his blog editorial calendar in Airtable, where he schedules posts and corrals all his ideas for new writing projects. Check out builtonair.com for more Built On Air episodes. And while you're at it, sign up for our mailing list to get weekly updates on all things Airtable. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Built On Air. I am here with Kay He today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Zoe. It's a pleasure to be here. So um, let's start by you just kind of, you know, giving us a bit of an intro as to who you are as a human and what you do. Like I said, my name is Kay He, and I live in LA with my wife and two daughters, Soraya and Amelie. And I am, I guess my, you could think of my life as a tale of two cities. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. And um, what I mean by that is that this whole world of like being a creator and building things has really only been the past three years for me. Um, before that, from age 21 to 35, I was what we would jokingly call F- an F9 monkey, which was someone who did Microsoft Excel spreadsheets on Wall Street. And so um, I worked on Wall Street for a very long time in the world of investment management and f- uh, investment research. Uh, I had this itch that there was something more to life. Um, and at 35, I had my, I guess my, I, an early version of my midlife crisis. And I'm like, I am not doing this for the rest of my life. And there's so much cool stuff happening out in the world. And I want to be a part of that. And I quit with no plan and started what would become a blog and newsletter and kind of launching pad for a lot of my creative work. Nice. How was that that moment when you decided to quit? What was that like? Wow. Um, I got chills just thinking of that. Um, I remember it was a Friday afternoon and I had to tell my big boss who was such a, was a mentor and advocate of mine. And I had to tell him like, I'm so grateful for everything you've done for me. Like 15, I mean, it wasn't 15 years, but um, for a long period of my life for the doors that you've opened for, to me. And, um, but I need to do something entrepreneurial. I, I can't keep hitting F9. I actually don't want a computer that has F9 anymore. I want a Mac. Right. Um, and, and, but I'll never forget, he, he said, he's like, as a fellow entrepreneur, I totally get what you're saying. And, and he was a very successful entrepreneur. And he said, you know what? 
I'm a little bit jealous myself. <laughs> um, and it was just like cool. And so that was like the actual moment. And then there was like the oh crap moment where I left a very, very lucrative job um, where I was kind of like a quote unquote made made person um, for for no plan. Nothing. Right. Yeah. It's kind of all about that perspective. Cause you know, I, I would imagine like sometimes you might get down on yourself. You're like, why did I do this? You know, people would have killed to be in my position or have my job. But I think that like sort of self made or, you know, you're like, I want to do my own thing. Like I've been just helping other people do their own thing, their whole mm-hmm. life. You know, mm-hmm. That's a strong pull. And there's something like, as someone who's still trying to figure out how he makes money, um, there's some, there's like, I mean, I get excited for like $250 checks where I used to like blow that on. I don't even know, like it would just disappear. And I didn't even know that it disappeared from my bank account. Right. Yeah. Because and, you're getting that set amount every yeah. month and you're like, whatever, I know I don't have to think about everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And now I'm like every single penny of this $250 is off the sweat of my back and no one else's. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And you're like, I worked really hard for this. I didn't just, you know, like have, you know, 15 minute coffee breaks. Like I sat there and I did all this directly. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Uh, So, so tell us about your, uh, how kind of the twists and turns your journey took, uh, post wall street then as Uh, you're sitting here realizing you have to make all of the decisions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, since since I'm assuming a lot of your audience is kind of tech focused, entrepreneur focused, mm-hmm. I think that a the first answers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first step was like, it was actually the like classic overachiever. Um, you know, it's like, I need a bigger challenge. And so right. it, I actually thought I was going to start like a, a venture backed company in fintech because okay. it's like, you know, Wall Street, you know, finance, you like tech, like A plus B equals C. Um, but, you know, I took a little time. I took some some time to travel. You know, we had a family version of Eat, Pray, Love. Like, so my, my daughter and my wife and I went to Bali for like nine weeks, one-way ticket type stuff. Um, and in that process, I was like, I don't want to be a people. Like, that's not me. Like, you know, being a VC-backed funder is actually like probably a crappier existence than being a Wall Street analyst. Um, And I kind of needed the space to kind of realize that. But I was like, what am I going to do? I've spent 15 years doing pretty much the same thing. What are my other things? And so I just had this like little rinky dinky newsletter, like on tiny letter, like 36 people. And it was just kind of like sharing interesting articles. And, you know, everyone does that now. Like a newsletter is like the new blog, the new podcast, whatever. But it was a lot. It was four years ago. So like it there was not nearly as much of it. Mm -hmm. And people were like, oh, this is cool. And I would blurb. I would blurb the stories. But this is why I find this interesting. But what it turned into was like kind of like a lens into my own personal transformation using the cover of articles. Right. I was like, I find this story on Envy really interesting because I've felt it before. Um, And and really what happened was that blurbing articles that like were speaking to me was basically like my writing prompt, you know, like think morning pages, think whatever. And it was just like the thing that got me to start like fingers on keyboard. 
And, um, and I realized um, that it took a little while, but I was like, holy crap, I like writing. Um, and I was kind of sorting out my like internal dirty laundry. Like basically the point of my blog was like, you probably think I'm really successful and therefore you probably think I'm really happy. And while those things are true, they are not true at my core because I'm not content. Um, and I'm actually like really, really confused and anxious about a lot of things. And here they are for you to process. Right. Um, Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, even, you know, talking about a sort of newsletter like that being ahead of the curve, you know, just now I feel like right four years later after you've started that, there's really starting to be these conversations about, you know, how people project themselves online, how social media makes it seem like, you know, you're like, it's a struggle, but I love it. Like every day, awesome. Like I'm killing it, you know? And, and then, you know, now you're really kind of just starting to get that pushback where it's like, yeah, actually, um, it's like, you know, anxiety rates are really high. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, people aren't feeling, you know, safe and stable. So it's like, how do you really, uh, you know, project that truth online while still, you know, maintaining like, like people, I mean, don't want to read about people who are like, I wake up every day, like feeling really anxious and scared Mm -hmm. because I don't know what I'm doing. And I left my, you know, solid steady job, but, but also being real. Right. So totally. I think so many more people can actually really identify with the the self-doubt, right, in those mm-hmm. moments than the, you know, kind of like tiger blood feeling of like, I'm doing awesome. I'm crushing and, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I think the difference too, I mean, I, when I left, I was 35. You know, I'm not a millennial. Like, right. um, I'm, I guess they call us the Oregon Trail generation. Yeah, but you're kind, kind of, of straddle X. You're right on the edge, right? Yeah. Well, I was 35, five. Four years okay, ago. Okay, four years ago. 40 this you look young. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, I would not have guessed. So, <laughs> yeah, so you're kind of like right on that like edge where mm-hmm. you're almost like Oregon old. Trail Generation. Yeah, <laughs> not old, but you know, like you're Gen definitely X. not, you know, like yeah. just Gen X, you know. Um, yeah. So, wait, what is the Oregon Trail Generation? I it kind know. of the, it's the, it straddles the two. And I guess it was like a popular video game from, from like, I guess if you were in high school in like the late nineties. Yeah, I um I'm twenty-six and I definitely remember playing that in school. There school. you go. <laughs> it was the bomb. Um cool. So so then, you know, you're you're out there, you're kind of speaking your truth and being comfortable being more honest about it. Um so bring us, you know, kind of up to the present moment. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it has been I never identified as a creative person, a maker, a creator, none of those words, but you write every day and, you know, the newsletter turned into a blog, the blog turned into videos, the videos turned into a podcast, the podcast turned into talks. Like, you know, it's like, I'm saying it and, you know, a lot of people have used that playbook, but the thing, you know, hand in my heart, like that was not my playbook. The playbook was like, write and then see what happens. And I think that was like, my business intuition would kick in because like, like as I was writing, I'd like, I'd see new opportunities mm-hmm. and people would be like, Hey, will you like come give a talk here? You know, you know a lot about like money and happiness. Give us, can you give us a talk here? And so I'm like giving the talk, but I'm thinking about like the book proposal. Like, so like, right. uh, so, so those pieces started to fall in play. And I mean, to put it in such a trite way, I was basically all of my writing, which is like a couple hours a day for four straight years 
was like the best form of content marketing for myself. Right. And then the question was like, well, what services do I then want to sell because I have a captive audience? And so that has kind of like really like bounced around a lot. Um, I do work, I spend a decent amount of time at the media company Quartz, where I'm a contributing editor on their kind of leadership and management vertical. So that's one one area I spend my time. Um, I do a decent amount of individualized coaching, specifically around the psychology of money and career transition. So like, you know, like, kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of my leave was like that $250 and leaving a Wall Street job. It's like navigating that, like what you left on the table and how right. that's supposed to or not supposed to make you happy. So that that's like a coaching practice, which then feeds into like some speaking um, gigs. And then digitally, I have like a decent patronage um, off of my different platforms and I'm working on a course on um, financial independence. Cool. Yeah. I think a, a lot of that too, I imagine, you know, it's this um, and you right being from wall street would probably know, feel this better than anyone, but it's that thing where you're like, well, uh, how can I also reconcile, you know, my personal happiness with sort of like what's expected from me in mm -hmm. the world. Right. Yeah. Especially, I imagine, you know, when you left that job, certainly you had friends who were still in that industry and still kind of able to, you know, live that same lifestyle, right? And mm -hmm. you're like, well, you know, I had my, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, eat, pray, love, mm -hmm. searching moment. Now I come back and I'm like, how, you know, you're like, how do I make this money? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, I wish I hadn't thrown away all of that, you know, $250 buys. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and it is kind of a, a very um, introspective moment. Yeah, and money is a strange thing because money cuts through like, I mean, the obvious things like basic needs and financial security, but then you're, you know, where you spend 80% of your time working um, and then it gets, you know, so like think of like Maslow's hierarchy, like, mm -hmm. you know, money, obviously you need it for like the bottom part. And then the middle part is like, your relationships and your craft and your autonomy and your freedom. Like, like, yes, money buys you those things, but it becomes a little murkier and yeah. then you get the tip of the spear, like self-actualization or enlightenment. Like does money really buy you self-actualization? Like it's a pathway towards there, but it is far, I mean, think about how many people right. have a lot of money and they're not self-actualized. <laughs> so true. Yeah. It, you know, there, there is, I think, you know, there really is this kind of uh, period of diminishing returns, right? Where it's like you make so much money, I would imagine that, you know, you have to deal with problems that, you know, being kind of like a normal middle-class American, right? Yeah. Never come up. Um, and, and then also it's, yeah, it's like, does does that sort of pursuit of, you know, just getting the Wall Street job or whatever, you know, or, you know, getting paid, right? And America's like, that's how you become successful. Yeah. You know, is that, is it really true? I think it's really hard to kind of uh, separate yourself from, or, you know, figure out at what point for you personally, does that start to become a lie? Totally. I mean, that is... And I think it's a lie for a lot of people and they just don't want to admit it to themselves. And I think once you reimagine, you know, I say, I tell people I've reimagined retirement because I work on the things I love with the people I care about. I'm making just enough money to, to, to like make it work. Mm -hmm. could make a little bit more. Um, but 
I see my kids four hours a day. Um, right. I surf every morning. I live by the beach. Like I work and, but I'll do this. If this is work, I'm do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's all about that balance and kind of in, you know, uh, whatever that, that saying goes, you know, you, you work to live, not mm-hmm. live to work. Exactly. Um, yeah. Very much that, that kind of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really nice to talk about these things, you know, just because especially being a freelancer myself, right. And coming off of, um, you know, I was working a fairly, you know, nice for, for my age at the time, you know, nine to five job, you know, that where you're like, oh, I can spend this and, you know, it doesn't really matter. I don't have to, you know, watch my finances too much. And then, um, the company I was working at got acquired, right. I was laid off. Mm. So, so it's, you know, now like you, I was kind of just thrust, you know, into this thing where I'm like, well, I've always kind of wanted to work for myself. Let me see what that's like. And it's really awesome sometimes. And then also like heavily terrifying Mm -hmm. other Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the terrifying part is the psychological part, mm-hmm. right? It's like the mental part, the loneliness, the the self-doubt, uh, the second guessing, the status, like, like, am I, you know, and, and I think, that, again, it's like, that's how my product, quote unquote, accidentally emerged from like, just wrestling with all these questions in public. Right. And then now I'm a coach to people trying to wrestle through these problems because like they've seen me do it. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that's like, again, to go back to the cheesy content marketing, you know, but that's like cotton marketing that like, that's kind of like, like done right. Yeah. I mean, it, it works, right? Because if you connect with people on a real level, then, you know, of course I would rather, if I was dealing with these problems, I would rather go to someone who I already know is, you know, in my mm-hmm. headspace and, and knows what I'm talking about and can teach me things as opposed to, you know, I think like a lot of those also harder problems. It's like, where would I, where would you go if you're mm-hmm. struggling with that? Do you take like an online, you know, budgeting course? Do you yeah. talk to a therapist? Like, where do you go to kind of mm-hmm. deal with with a lot of these, you know, issues, especially, you know, doing a, a big career change, which is like scary and uncertain at any point mm-hmm. in your life. Um, yeah. So really cool. We'll definitely um, link to your blog so everyone can check that out and um, take a look at all of your, you know, coaching stuff and your articles and everything. But um, now, of course, the the question we know has been coming, mm-hmm. how do you use Airtable in all of this? Where does that factor in for you and your business? Yeah. Um, so I think as a starting point, um, I have always been a tinker. Um, and, you know, I, in like 1995, I was like, I taught myself HTML to uh, like make a website for the local florist um, as like a summer job. And so I like, I love the internet. I love what, like, I love the possibility of the internet. I'm kind of a logically oriented person. So like give me like blocks and codes and code and things like that. Uh, But I majored in computer science in college and I was so bad at it. Like, like computers, I learned the hard way that making web pages and like sorting algorithms are not the same thing. Like to even lump them under, no one does lump them to under the same umbrella, but I do. Um, but, I, you know, I was always in that like tension point where it's like, I know how to make things. Uh, and I'm like more advanced 
than kind of the average, you know, person when it comes to tech. And I can see what I want made. I think that's where the computer science part comes in. Right. It's like, I know the product that I want, Mm -hmm. but, and so I would like cherry rig spreadsheets with like, like 10, like triple nested statement, if statements and conditional formatting and all that to like kind of create these like web apps um, for myself. And so like, for example, probably my first exposure to, to Airtable was I created this really complex CRM, which basically took Google Sheets and turned it from a spreadsheet into a database. Mm-hmm. I like kind of like tricking it into creating a tagging um, like function. I basically created a tagging function within Google Sheets um, with like a lot of like nested if statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I had a CRM where I had like a person's name and then like, like a list of 50 tags that I could search by tags. And I did that in Google Sheets and it was like crazy ass slow. Uh, and, and I just, I don't love the G Suite. Like the G Suite uh, platform does not inspire me creatively. Right. It's like, good because it's low hanging fruit. Everyone exactly. Uses Everyone uses it, but you know, it's not responsive. It's definitely not mobile friendly, mobile mm-hmm. first, mobile friendly. Uh, and it's and it's just slow. And it's just like, the, it doesn't have the, the attention to detail that like really makes me want to create. Um, so I try to avoid it if I can. Um, and lo and behold, then like Airtable comes along and I'm like, oh my God, this like 15 column, like nested if statement can, it's actually a function. And, and so like, at first I'm like, this is so cool. Like I just, and, and again, this is where like I had used SQL in the past, mm-hmm. so, like I understood how related, related tables worked, right? but I would, I had no desire to like write an SQL query. Right. I don't even like remember you, how to do it. You intuitively know, you know, the logic of the build. You're just exactly. like, there has to be an easier way to do this. It's stupid to have to spend this much time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and so that introduced me to Airtable, um, where I basically like ported it over the the CRM tool uh, and tried to re, uh, like recreate it. And so I, I was really using it for tags. Um and then as I started playing with Airtable, I was like, wow, like there, there's like so many needs as an individual creator where you just like need to whip up something quickly to like organize stuff. Yeah. And get out of your brain. Exactly. Yeah. And I was just not going to do it in sheets. I like, I know a lot of people who just stick to sheets. Like, like I said, sheets does not inspire me to be creative. Um, and Airtable did like just again with like a the, the power like the different options that it had like related tables but then you know like stupid simple stuff like like uh field validation right like you had to like create a formula in excel in sheets to do that and they're like no this is an email like people input email addresses enough times in a form to know that they just give me the damn validation like <laughs> off the top uh you know uh, and so like those uh those things and then kind of like the next level was like then um zapier like Mm -hmm. oh now we're talking because again like i could always see the logic uh behind it but i I never had the tools so as the tools started to catch up with my logic then i was like oh this is like then it's like really um started uh to open up doors and so like i'm still like you know airtable is adding more features i'm trying to do things that are 
um, that are more elaborate. And, and it is, you know, they're like Ryan Hoover the other day wrote about like the no code movement. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm such, I mean, like my entire post Wall Street career has been built off of the no code movement. And I think I'm maybe slightly ahead of the curve uh, other than most people, because I do have a technical like understanding and sensibility. Um, but I, I just like, I, I'm always trying to get people to use like, I'm like, you don't use Zapier. Like what is wrong with you? Like, you know how much, like, you know how much time you could save and like, you could really go focus on the thing that that you're just interested in creating. And, and, and then you, don't even get me started about the people and like Wall Street. They're like, what's Slack? Um, you know, like some people on Wall Street still use Lotus Notes. As email. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like what I like, didn't our, even know our, that was still around to be it's honest. It's not. It's just like even like McKinsey, the consulting firm, as of like two years ago, used Lotus Notes because it's their enterprise system right. with this little customization deal that like, I'm like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. Right. And it's, and I think the, the thing too now, right, is, you know, huge companies like that, they don't have the, because those tools, right, the sort of citizen programming, no code mm-hmm. type of you know, thing that's happening, those tools weren't available when they needed to build stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like to switch over to that, just it seems like just because of how big they are, you know, they're yeah. really slow to turn the ship. Whereas it's mm-hmm. nice, you know, now working with, with people, you know, who are smaller businesses or new, you can be like, let me just experiment with this. Okay, cool. I just spent, you know, an hour and it's going to save me, you know, two hours a week in perpetuity. Totally. Um, and it's going to be enjoyable while I do it. I mean, I yeah. think like, let's, I don't want that to be lost in the conversation. It's like, yes, I could do 90% of this and. Google Sheets, but I don't enjoy it. Like it doesn't make me feel good about my life. <laughs> right. And it doesn't make you want to like open it and look at it. Exactly. <laughs> totally. So um, I think your uh, sort of little demo base you're going to share mm-hmm. with us is the editorial calendar for your blog. Yeah, right? exactly. So um, why don't you go ahead and share your screen, get everything set up and cool. uh, give us a little tour of that. So classic uh, it's funny people always ask me as a blogger they're like and i write every week i write multiple things a week for years they're like are, do you are you ever worried that you're not going to have something to write about um and there's two answers that that bloggers usually give the first is no because you just as a writer you just start to see the world differently mm-hmm. and so like you know, if I ran out of ideas, I could find something we talked about today and write about it tomorrow. Right. Um, but they, they don't, they can't touch that. Um, the other thing is like every story idea I write down. Um, and so I just collect like a, like a magpie. Uh, I just collect these stories and, um, and over time that this is like this, I rarely go to it because I need a story idea, but I go to it to kind of recatalyze other story ideas and just to remind myself that this is what I was interested in. Um, And so it basically starts as just like a very, um, very, I'm in grid view right now. And it's just like a list, uh, a list of of stories. And so you see some of the columns are um, the name of the story, like the headline, the data was entered, SEO keywords, 
uh, little flags to see if they're done or in progress just to like, like create some archive views. Probably the most important is uh, the ranking system, which helps me like quickly kind of remember that like, hey, when I put this story in, uh, I was like really into the idea. Um, and then um, some tags that like help me sort um, creativity, productivity, money, identity, uh, you know, things that you would talk about in a reflective blog. Um, some little flags on like, can I convert this into an Instagram post? Um, ignore the spit column. I also keep track of like, can I, could this be visual like as a video or something else? Um, and then I have a link to like related uh, place where I could technically, so if you click here, it will fire up like uh, an outline in Evernote. I think eventually I'd like to have it into in just stay in Airtable, but like I still use Evernote as like kind of my like my notebook for like a lot of text. Right. And so this is like the basic grid view, and probably the most uh, the most powerful thing that I've set up is just through a Zapier account. Um, what email am I always in? And, and for me, like for creative for creativity, it's like speed of capture. Right. And so yeah. like I like I'm walking in the park. I'm like, oh, gotta send this idea in. Uh, and so I have I just put the name in the subject line, and then it will just populate. Uh, it will populate the the grid. And so that's like like my catch, like like an easy catch thing. I really. For as many things as possible, I try to automate with email-based um, triggers because, like, I'm always in email in some way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah, so it's what works for you. It's the easiest thing. To exactly. Get. Exactly, and it's cross-platform for me. Mm -hmm. um, so this is like the the grid view. Um, you know, I leave this page open uh, on my desktop as I'm working because I I literally will have like two to ten story ideas a day. Um, so I leave this form open, nothing, nothing's nothing too crazy, but it's just a really quick way to enter it in with like a little bit more, um, a little bit more meat behind it. And then, you know, as I'm going along my day, I have different views to, to really help me, um, work on this. So, you know, I do, I don't do a ton of SEO, but I always have a lens towards SEO. And so if you go in here, I'll, I've added in um, the second column are the SEO keywords that might link up to that story um, and then the difficulty. Um, and I pull, I just do it manually, but I use a tool called a, uh, Ahrefs and um, it's an SEO tool and I'll just like approximate the keyword difficulty based on, on, on their report. So it helps me know that like if I'm, if I'm like sitting down to do SEO, like, this is what I should work on, right? Career freedom keywords. Title is, can the unbundled career work financially? Um, and then it has a rank of three. You know, I, ideally, I want to work on things that are rank four or rank five. But, you know, getting things to align on SEO um, is an extra constraint. Right. Um, and then similarly, I'll go to, I like this one, which is what's good. Um, Great name for a which is basically uh, it's simple, but it's um, it's just rank order the stories. So you know you could see on the dates that you have stories dating back from like June twentieth. Like it's from a body image thing that was in the podcast Dear Sugars, 
And then in my notes, I said, you know, tied to this kind of concept that, um, you know, a lot of people are like, once X happens, my life will begin. Like once I'm married or once I get this promotion or once like my body looks this way. And so that's just kind of like the, cru- like the crux, like the hook of that story. And so, you know, that, that one probably has a link. Yep. So if you see here, here's the link to the podcast episode. And I think I, knowing myself, it's probably uh, timestamped to the right place. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I don't have to go far to start, um, to start writing. And so, so yeah, so that's, that's, what's good. And, um, I think I like newest too, which kind of inverts the, uh, it just kind of like, I do, you don't always want to write about the story that you came up with like 19 months ago. Like it might've, there's a reason why you didn't write about it 19 months later. Uh, and so this just, kind of gets me this just gets me into like my very very um recent um mind space right what are you excited about right now exactly yeah and and honestly this is the view that i spend the most the most time on because i do think that once something kind of pops out of the six month window like like there's a like you were too dynamic so there's a it's stale yeah. So do you ever kind of take a look back at, you know, what's good or stuff you've input and you're like, I'm not excited about that anymore. Like, why mm. did I rank this so high? Or- totally, totally. And what I'll, what I'll actually do in that case is I'll downrank them mm-hmm. or, or I guess my hack is to like rank it to one. Like I'll never write a story that's ranked as a one. Um, so they'll just kind of like all like, you know, and I wonder like, you know, you probably, you may not see a lot of ones, but you'll, you'll definitely like see uh, a lot of twos. Um, oh yeah. Some of them aren't even ranked. Um, and then you'll see a bunch of ones and like a lot, like I won't, I won't do, I won't do twos like Murray Andrew rituals. Like I don't, I don't even really remember what that meant. Um, right. at the time. So, but I guess, you know, I was tagged, it was tagged as happiness. So maybe it's like, oh yeah, like there's probably some kind of satisfaction that, that comes, uh, oh, Marie Andrew, not Marie Kondo. I got them confused. Um, Marie Andrew's the illustrator on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. It's her creative rituals of writing, of doing a Instagram illustration every day. So that was like, that was the idea. Right. But also it's kind of cool here too, where you kind of figured out the the minimal amount of information you need to put in this to jog mm-hmm. your memory, you know, like you're like, wow, okay. That was, you know, input here in July of 2018. I'm not yeah. that excited about it. What was it? Oh, totally. now I remember, you know, totally. having to kind of, you know, do a bunch of linking and, you know, take a bunch of notes. You're like, just get it out of here, put it in, you know, and totally. if I realize I'm excited about it later, I'll continue. And I'm glad you brought that up because um, there's an extra, which I could probably do an even more powerful search, but the more tags that you're willing to add to something, it's almost an implicit sign of conviction, right? Because like, like, so if, if one of these stories, like if you look at a five, you know, like, you know, there's um, money and, you know, there's links there. Um, So there, there's, there's definitely like, you'll see, you can almost like, you have the heuristic yourself, like you're, you're willing to put the work to add the metadata. Mm-hmm. So, which is actually, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, David Allen's like getting things done. Yeah. Framework. The getting things done method. Mm-hmm. That's the GTD. That's kind of one of the principles of GTD, right? Like the more metadata you add to something, the more important it is to you. 
Right. Because you're willing to actually take the time to get that down out of your brain. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, And I, I'm actually, I have this like, not for blogging. um, I don't have a blog, but I keep like an Airtable list of interesting links and Mm -hmm. I tag them. And I think I might steal your, your rank idea um, because yeah, I I kind of just had this list and it is kind of almost like a diary of whatever I was really excited about Mm -hmm. researching or thinking about at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I like how just the, the star, you know, the ranking field just really adds this like super simple kind of qualitative value to it. Um, to to help you figure out what's most important. And this is this sounds like this might sound weird, but I think you'll know this. Like um, um, the fact that they're stars. Like it could it could just be a number that's coded like range one to five. Right. But there's something about the stars that like it it really like it's a visual cue. It's like pause like stars are like a positively affirmed shape. There's like the satisfaction of like dialing your mouse right, you know, to the to the three, to the two, and like that whoosh, you know, like the swoosh feeling. No, like, I totally that agree. Shit, that stuff matters. Like it really does. You're right. And you know, the the equivalent right and in, you know, like a Google Sheet spreadsheet would be giving it a number or like you know, something that's sort of not, but it's fun to interact mm-hmm. with like a spreadsheet in this kind of special way. And I totally I, Something that, um, you know, a few other people on the podcast have, have talked about um, is, you know, Airtable kind of has this really great way of incorporating things like like colors and stuff like that mm-hmm. to drive implicit value. So, totally. you know, like even with, you know, if you did have a ton of tags that weren't super manageable, right, even just you could color code them, mm-hmm. you know, based on temperature of whatever, you know, hot topics you want to write about right now or something. And then it would be, you know, really easy for you to kind of see and look, mm-hmm. um, you know, totally. what's colored, what, you know, what kind of are these categories or mm-hmm. just there, there are a lot of kind of really subtle, uh, yeah, kind of interactions and, in, in things that Airtable's built in that makes you, you can just look at a spreadsheet like this and yeah, you have views that filter things and stuff, but even just looking at all of the data in one place, you Mm -hmm. still kind of automatically see what, what to zoom in on at that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the power of visual cues is, is very, very strong. Mm. And I think that's like, that's where like G suite like falls on its face, but that it's not meant for that. So. Right. It's more of, yeah, businessy type solution. Exactly. This. Yeah. There is sort of this little uh, weird kind of like pop of satisfaction and joy mm-hmm. when you interact, you know, when you adjust your ranking or whatever. Totally. It's like weirdly um, satisfying. For yeah. Them. Yeah. And I, I have a separate sheet, uh, but it's super powerful where it um, it lets me do an X, like an X post uh, analysis on my blog posts. And so every time I pub in WordPress, it will grab the link, grab the tags from WordPress, put them into Airtable. And then I have like, like I have two rankings. So it's like, how good do I think how, like how much effort did I put into the piece? And then how it was received, like basically traffic wise, sharing wise. And so So then I can like calibrate like, like, like you would think people who have blogged for a long time know that effort and virality are actually tend to be inversely correlated. Right. Um, 
And so you see that at play, but you also see that, you know, the things that you think your audience cares about are often not exactly what they care about. And like a very obvious one for me is that I write a ton about introspection and like maybe 10 to 15% I'll write about like productivity. I don't love writing about productivity. Productivity, it's it's like, it satisfies this like, like reptilian desire that we all have to like be better versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Productivity is always the most read, you know? Right. Which, which is also really interesting because, you know, it, it is that thing where instead of, you know, really wanting to introspect, you're like, I need this quick fix. Like if only mm-hmm. I find this, you know, like, oh, the, the getting things done method, the bullet journal, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. Si- and I mean, I click on that. The faster now. computer. Like <laughs> So like, even though I'm like 90% of the stuff I read is just total... Yeah garbage you know mm-hmm. rarely if ever have i read an article on productivity and really uh you know felt like it i incorporated it mm-hmm. you know, in my life and it significantly changed what how yeah. i but you always click for that like small percentage of totally. things. this one this, this is- one will change this is the missing one right yeah exactly um no that's so true it is the this weird like uh, perverse hamster wheel, mm-hmm. uh, like obsessing over product, like the concept of productivity instead of actually just being productive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Um, well, yeah, this is really cool. Thank you so much for showing us your, yeah, um, my pleasure. Calendar. And I think you have that, um, you have, uh, your personal CRM, uh, sort of, template up on Airtable Universe. So we'll do, share yeah. that too with everyone. Cool. Um, so they can check that out um, and follow you on Airtable Universe if they want to, you know, uh, see if you release anything else. But um, before we sign off, tell everyone um, where can they go to, to find you if they want to contact you or check out more of your work? Awesome. Uh, well, thank you for taking the time to, to chat with me and to let me kind of share my story. Uh, it basically all starts over at uh, radreads.co. Um, and it's rad. It's like my homage to like surf and skate culture. Um, and there, I would encourage people to sign up for the newsletter, which as we talked earlier, it's, it is really, it's, it's not just a newsletter. It's like a full essay, blurbs, like kind of um, link blogging. It's 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 really uh, special and uh, you know something I take a lot of pride in. And then other than that, um, uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram. Um, so it's Rad Reads Co, all one one word as the handle. And then my Twitter is um, my first name K H E M A R I D H, and it'll be easier to find that in the show notes. Yes, for sure. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Kay. I've had um, a great time chatting with you about, you know, um, everything from, you know, little stupid gold stars, to, <laughs> um, you know, uh, intense personal psychological fear and despair uh, and everything in between. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and uh, I'm going to go sign up for your newsletter now. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Zoe.